I am the Micah, and I'm here to say, Coast is bringing knowledge in a whole new way. This is the podcast to which you should be listening. Learn from us, and then you'll be winning. What is up, everybody? I am the Micah. This is the MTG Untapped Podcast, episode 79. And I am your host. Uh, oh, yeah, this is very smooth. Uh, joining me, as always, he is my friend. He's also yours. He is Costa. How are you? Uh, <laughs> very intriguing <laughs> <with the> intro. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching an episode of Digimon, which I have been watching. So I'm hoping the competition will help make Chrissy D decide to finally drop some bars. He doesn't seem that competitive to me. Well, at least not, not in anything but magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, alrighty. Let's jump into the phase in where we talk about stuff. It's not even necessarily nerdy anymore. It's just this a little segment for us to talk about whatever we want to basically. So it usually um, falls in the nerdy category. Yeah, it's usually pretty nerdy because I like talking about nerdy things. Yeah. Um, oh, there's one. Did you see the tra- new trailer for the Lord of the Rings show? No, I did see like uh, there was a link for it, but I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? Yeah, I liked it. It got me a little bit more hype because I, I was like really hyped before they showed anything. And then after the first trailer, I was kind of. Eh. Yeah, I remember you and then, that. then you start hearing some things like they're changing something they're like compressing the timeline from uh, the actual Tolkien lore to try and make it more conducive to a television show. Um, and then some other things and like some people are dropping the whole they're making Tolkien to work woke or whatever. And I don't know about all that, but um, so I was kind of like I lost a bit of my hype. But this latest trailer, I feel like it's a real, really well put together trailer. And then there's like the, some of the imagery they use in it. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool looking. So I got pretty hyped about that. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of back in now. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I mean, you know me. I'm always indifferent until I start watching it. But I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I do get hyped for things, but I, I try to temper those expectations as always. But either way, I mean, I'm still going to be excited regardless to see what they put out. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, not really. Let's see. So I got back from Colorado, did some hiking and traveling, and on the job hunt now. You just saw my new resume. Pretty, pretty excited about it. I thought smaller. Probably pretty good. If you're hiring, shoot Costa an email. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. Just hire me. <laughs> you don't even have to be hiring. Just get him on your team. You will not regret it. Just pay me he money. He has the most baller-looking resume you have ever seen in your life, and you should hire this man. Absolutely. He has a sick podcast. Absolutely. And it's incredible. Uh, oh, I guess uh, here as a little segue, I haven't told you this yet, but uh, Samson uh, is trying to fly us out. Well, he is going to fly us out, sort of. We're, we're flying ourselves out, but regardless, we're going to go see him in Tampa next month for his birthday, for his 30th. So... Uh, we're getting all the guys together, uh, going to do some nerdy things while we're up there, play some magic. He's getting us tickets. Uh, he's actually getting us tickets to Universal Studios. So, yeah, looking forward to that. We're ready for August to be here already before, uh, you know. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll get a job and then I can just get to tell him that I'll be gone for just a weekend and then all good stuff. But that's basically about it. Good old friend of the podcast, Samson. Strength of 100 men, that guy. He does. Um, well, all right, let's move on to the untapped step where we talk about 
Magic that we played over the past week. And guess what? I still don't really have much to talk about. Just been jamming some Explore. Uh, mainly Omnath, just because, I don't know, that's the deck the most, I have the most fun playing. Wait, is it legal and, in Pioneer? Mm-hmm. Wait, four-color Omnath is legal in Pioneer? I'm pretty sure. I'm sure, I thought it was, it was only banned in Standard. Whoa, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you gotta send me a deck list, dude. All right, I'll send it to you after we finish recording today. But yeah, he's, he's like, drop Lotus Cobras, drop Omnas, make a whole bunch of mana. I actually, all right, I'll get your opinion on this because I actually talked about this with a old Chrissy D a, co- a couple weeks ago. Uh, and uh. I was like, as someone who doesn't play modern, I kind of think I'm feeling how like Tron players feel. It's like when you go like turn two Lotus Cobra, or you got my first one down, turn three uh, Omnath. All right, got my second thing down. And then having the next piece in your hand or whatever. All right. Now I just dropped a turn for Genesis ultimatum or turn for Ugin or something like that. And I was like, is this how, is this how Tron players feel? It's like just dropping these things down insanely ahead of the curve. I was like, is this how, is this how it feels? I don't, I, I wouldn't know. Cause I don't play that format, but I was like in my head cannon, I'm assuming that's what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I put the Tron deck together and I played it a few times, and yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, I think Tron's even dirtier because it's just that much more difficult to interact with because it's land. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, if your opponent doesn't have the answer in the first couple of turns, which is usually the case with Tron, then yeah, that sounds about right. So, I can't tell you how many times they blew up my Lotus Cobra on turn two. I'm like, no. Yeah, that's usually, especially with all the mono red decks running around. I'm pretty sure that's like that or like Rakdos mid range. Uh, I've actually put together because uh, I'm trying. I just do not have the attention span. I realize to sit down and just jam like Magic Online as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to play a deck that's like quick that I can try to get through the ladders. Since so I put a mono block deck, it's been doing pretty good. I mean, I went from like bronze to gold, and you know, like. X amount of matches in a day. Well, that was pretty good. I mean, that doesn't mean much, but just the fact that it was like skimming, you know, going through that quick was nice. So hoping to ride it out. Basically, just like the shades that you landfall to bring back, the vampire that gets bigger when you deal four damage, uh, tenacious underdog. Oh, and then I added a little bit of a sack outlet because Bastion of Remembrance is one of my favorite cards like to ever play mm-hmm. in standard. And so it has some of that in there as well. And you're just like draining your opponent and killing them before they can really do anything. So, um, yeah, Explore is a really cool format right now, I think. Because like, you have like the sacrifice stuff like Croxa, uh, Cat Oven combo, oh, yeah, Mayhem Devil. Illegal. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, like, you have like that deck, you have all the Grease Fang, either. If it's like the more um, like Mardu mid rangey kind of thing, where you're playing like Epicures and then the Blood Tithe Harvesters or whatever, mm. they can still basically just attack your opponent to death if they're not doing anything. Right. And then, or then, and then also you have this. All right, uh, use a Blood Token and discard this Parhelion, and then Grease Fang and kill you. Um, so you have that. You also have like the Esper versions, which are more like control decks with the with the finisher being the Parhelion. My my best of one, I basically. I would kind of I stopped playing it because I was like, all right, now this is getting kind of boring. Where I just like cut all the interaction for like instead of just running the like faithful mendings and the tainted indulgences, like all right, now I'm running chart the course. I'm running like opt and consider, mm-hmm. curate. Like it's like it's like all these can so it's like nothing. It's like Grease Fang, Parhelion, 
I lied. As I, I'm running like some portable holes for like early interaction, but then it's like just all cantrips. The cantrips that put stuff in my yard, and then also uh, the combo. But that got like that's kind of a bit boring. But the traditional Esper shells like more like control. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when Pioneer gets on there. I'm hoping like by then they'll have banned uh, Lotus Combo just because I, that'd be really a pain to sit through someone cycles through it. Um, I still don't know how it works. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know either, but it just sounds like you make a bunch of mana and then mm-hmm. something happens. <laughs> uh, there's a, there is like a fun deck that I, I wasted most of my wild cards, so I can't really put it together. But to use fight rigging to like, bust out Ulamog, that's pretty cool. Uh, someone did put do a fight rigging deck against me, uh, but I, I honestly forgot what it was. Like I forgot what the end game was. I think oh, it's, I think because I killed them actually before they had a chance to do it. But it seemed like it was gonna be dirty, whatever it was. Yeah, it's like whenever it's like because you only have, you can only have four copies of Ulamog in your deck, so it's like if you don't get it, it's like you're still kind of like doing like this whole like mid range where you're like putting counters on a rotting registrar. Or a shakedown heavy, that like three drop creatures that will just trigger the fight reading immediately. Mm-hmm. So you still like have this like sort of like beat down backup plan, but the deck really wants to just drop Ulamog on you on like turn four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had when Pioneer first came out, I think you remember this. I, I had a blue green Ulamog deck, U- Ulamog mm-hmm. Ugin deck, and uh, our poor friend Shaver, of course, got very mad, but I was like, dude, this is like in the format. Like, I'm surprised he didn't do this because it, you just throw down big Eldrazi and hope they can deal with it. So, mm-hmm. but um, other than that, I uh, got together with the group again for some commander on Saturday. That was pretty fun. Um, I definitely uh, enjoyed. They did not know. I, I don't, again, I don't know how they didn't realize what I was doing with Saturo, but uh, Daniel, actually he was, uh, you know, cause he, he runs that hippogriff deck and it's very annoying. You can't really deal with it because, it pays like one blue mana to return it to its hand, this kind of stuff. But he was basically tapped out. All he had was like white mana accessible. And I was like, all right, well, this is my chance to kill him. So like I swung in, um, he did, he could have stopped it because he had maze of if, but what he did was he, he blinked one of my creatures out instead of waiting to see what I would do, not realizing what would happen. Um, mm-hmm. and then I cheated out dark still or blight still clocks and killed him <laughs> and then just killed the rest <laughs> of the table. I was like, Oh, that was pretty nice. So, it seems like a poison infect is still very, very lethal. <laughs> I think blight steel is lethal, not necessarily. Just, well, blight steel and triumph of the hordes. You don't really see many other infect kills in EDH. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you really don't. I mean, unless you're like a dedicated like low to the ground infect deck, but you don't really or, like Skithrex. Or like, I think one of the most popular in like Sir, in a Sir Conrad deck is like Tainted Strike or whatever it is. Like yes. that, that gives it a buff and that infect, but then you just like do something with Sir Conrad to like ping everybody and kill them that way. Um, Cause he deals damage, right? He deals damage. Yep. Yeah. That's deals damage. Did you jam any other decks or did you, were you just jamming the, Oh, sorry. I jammed that. Ninja one I, uh, I uh, brought back out Omnath after tuning it up and then fixing or, uh, so I'm trying to make it a dedicated collage deck. And what I mean by that is like all artin- alternate cards and it's, or not a uh, collage, but like mosaic, I guess maybe. So it's all like, <laughs> kind of flowing together as you put the cards out i think uh so i didn't have crew lands in there i was kind of surprised i was looking through the deck i was like i don't have crew lands but i i got three of them that were in, exactly in my colors for this deck in my uh, double masters box i was like i'll put these in here they look beautiful and they 
gave me so much like versatility of like picking up the Zendikar MDFCs and like uh, I did the undo inversion, destroyed a whole field, and then I used the green one to bring something back. Pretty pretty awesome. Um, and then Ginny Faye, of course. Ginny Faye didn't do so well, uh, but it was basically because they all kind of teamed up on me after a while, <laughs> which is usually what ends up happening. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know I made another deck, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank here what I ended up playing. But overall, it was really fun. I want to do some more commander for sure. Yeah, I'm almost done putting together my own Omnath deck, which is very not your traditional Omnath build. I'm mainly it's mainly Omnath for the colors. Yeah, yeah. But it is it is going to end up being kind of degenerate. I think that's good. You like but, you like degenerate mm-hmm. fun stuff. So it's degenerate, but it's like how you get there can be kind of fun. I think we'll see how it plays whenever I finish it. I actually ran out of time. The deck that I was most wanting to play and didn't get a chance to do it was the Venture deck, so I'll have to play it next time mm-hmm. like as my first deck for sure. You like that deck a lot. Yeah, uh, I played half a game with it because I jumped in for you because you went to go take care of something, and then uh, you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen any of these cards before. Let's go. <laughs> um, that, that, was, that was like... I mean, how did I describe it? The, it was, it was, it was like, a you deck. It was like... It, it was like a Micah theme deck made properly by you. <laughs> like where it's just like, all right, it has like a theme Micah would like. It has a gimmick, but I'm going to make it actually good. <laughs> although Cody's like, although that's that's like the most control deck I have. <laughs> yeah, Cody's pretty cool. I like Cody. Um, all right, that's it for the untapped step. Let's move on to the next top or segment. Underplayed EDH card of the week. Nub this week. It is yours truly. I put a lot of thought into this. I was struggling over this for hours, days, weeks, months, years. And I was like, you know what card's underplayed in EDH? Do you know what card it is, Costa? Do you know what card's underplayed? I haven't looked yet. Nope. All right. That card is Boreal Druid. Oh, wow. Okay. Is currently at 4% of decks in EDH rec. So it meets our criteria. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the single green mana for an Elf Druid 1-1 that taps at a colorless mana to your mana pool. However, it is a snow creature, so that is snow mana. So it has a little gimmick. But it's either um, but either way, it's a one-mana mana dork. Oh, is it, it's from Ice Age, right? That's what it's from? Yeah. Or Cold Snap, uh, one of the two. It's, a, it's one of those Cold Snap, actually. That's uh, probably Cold Snap. You know better than I do. Well, But, um, yeah. So it's a one-mana mana dork, 4%. Uh, Ramping's probably the most important thing you can do in EDH and a lot of people like to talk about oh two mana is the sweet spot just because after Sol Ring you don't really have a lot of one mana ramp unless you're green but guess what you are green and so I was like comparing Boreal Druid some other green mana mana dorks or single green mana mana dorks so like for instance uh, the, the classic land war elves 26% Finhorn elves 18% that one probably went way up after it got reprinted in Commander Legends, though. So. Uh, Elvish Mystic, 20%. Birds of Paradise. Now, granted, Birds of Paradise is a crazy because it both ramps and fixes. Um, that one's at 25%. And so I was like, you know what? I get that those cards are better because like, the other elves that make green mana, Birds of Paradise makes any mana. But from your creature or the ramp spells, I don't really think you're necessarily needing fixing. 
And because also, if you compare it to the other mana dorks, them adding a green mana isn't as big of a bonus compared to this one because it implies you already have the green mana to be able to cast it. So it's like you aren't really looking to any of those for fixing either. So I think the difference between like this and those other ones, plus it just gives you even more saturation in that spot. You can pretty much guarantee, not guarantee. And this is kind of like the more CDH line of thinking where you just run all the one mana mana orcs. So you just have to get that threshold of mana as fast as possible. Right. I think even just generically, if you're running like a green deck that has like Toski in it or something, or any like green creature deck, and you're running the green creature matters probably just matters like two lanes mm-hmm. a good example of like what mana can yep. trip, you know ramps as well so yeah but it just gets you to your true lane as fast as possible i think the this is like the difference between this and the other one mana matters is just way too high granted it is slightly more expensive than the other one it is like over two and a half bucks compared to like the other ones which are like all under 50 cents but it's that's not so expensive that i think it should cause it to be uh, this underplayed EDH. So that's why I say Boreal Druid is your underplayed EDH card of the week. Yeah, that's big. I like it. Let's go. Because I thought for so long on that one. All right, let's move on to this week's main topic. And we're finally getting ahead of the curve. Lately, whenever we've done our prediction episodes, it's because we are right up on it. Like the first look MTG weekly stream was about to happen. Or like there was like some just like news just randomly dropping on Twitter or stuff was leaking. So we're like, oh snap, I guess we have to get our predictions episode out as fast as possible. Fear not. We are doing our prediction episode for Dominar United today. About what, like a month and a half, two months before the set releases? Yeah, I think when I originally suggested it, it was back in like late May because we were about to mm-hmm. run up on it. And I thought it would be, be here before we had the chance, but... Uh, yeah, we're still a month ahead in advance, so it's pretty good. Yeah, so it's probably we're probably like five weeks, six weeks before we, or no, probably like three weeks. Probably, they'll probably start, we'll probably start getting tidbits about it for like five or six weeks before the set comes out. So we're probably only a couple weeks away from them starting to dropping some knowledge on about it. So we're going to be getting our predictions out of the way now, and uh, I guess we should revisit our. Uh, how did we do this before? Was it we just like go over our previous ones for the last set, and then say what we got right, what we got wrong, or whatever? Yeah. And then right. do we go back and forth, or did we just drop go five? I can't remember. Just do your, just do your five. Be easy. All right. So, my five for predictions for streets and new Capenna. Um, my first one was more cycling cards because we knew we were getting the triumphs. So I was like, oh, it'll be like Icoria. They'll give us more cycling. They didn't. So that was wrong. I also predicted a new modal multicolored instant speed cycle or instant or sorcery cycle because uh, I didn't think they were going to do like charms or commands again. I was wrong on that one too. A new character planeswalker. I was wrong on that one because we got Elspeth, Omnixilis, and Vivian. Mm-hmm. A non Praetor Phyrexian nod. We didn't get that. And a new mythic land. We didn't get that one either. So I went over for new Capenna. Uh, but all right. I feel pretty confident about my Dominara United. Like I told you, these are the sets I'm most hyped for. So I feel like I should be more, much more confident in my predictions for this set and the one following. Yeah. From, I mean, we had a little more time I mean, we could have, we could have taken a lot more time. Honestly, it, it took me like 20 minutes to put this together, but still I didn't feel as rushed for this one, but however, mm-hmm. Nuka Pena was a 
finished Triumph Cycle, which we already knew was coming, so I added in a cycling mechanical return. So that technically was wrong. Um, Angels uh, were the bad guys. That was very wrong. <laughs> Elspeth will bring Phyrexian Infection. Nope. Uh, but she's the savior for the Phyrexian infection, at least was what they're, I guess, kind of gearing towards, but still wrong. Um, next list will be a maestro. I'm going to give myself half a point because he technically yeah. killed the maestros first and then like his uh, takeover. Oh, that's right. You, Good. You meant more of uh, like in uh, the lore. Yes. I guess like his card is much more on theme. Like his, uh, his mechanic is the maestro's theme, isn't it? Yeah. And also he, um, uh, his card, the hostile takeover was also Grix's too. So, oh, yeah. so uh, like a half a point there. And then uh, box toppers will be in the set with an Al Capone inspired reskin. Nope, did not happen. We didn't even get box toppers. So I'm half a point out of five. <laughs> Bob, we're about to crush these Dominaria ones. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, I'll give you my first one. We're going to get a brand spanking new Karn Planeswalker. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like this one might be a gimme. Uh, but uh, I just feel like it's because they don't reprint Karns like in like these like in like these like kind of like standard sets, you know? No. Yeah. Because like, they'll, they'll, they'll reprint it in, like in a master set or something like Karn Liberated. That's the seven mana one, right? Yes. What's the four mana one called? Uh, no, there's the two. There's one from World of Sparks, Karn the Great Creator. And then Scion of Urza or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so there's so I think we're getting a brand new Karn. Uh, if I had to put a guess on it, I'm guessing it'll cost five mana. Or they'll do that. Four. They don't have a five mana one, so that's a that's a good spot to be. We have two fours and a seven. I think it needs to be above four anyway, because if it's like three or lower, it has to be colored. Otherwise, it's just like it'll be busted. Regardless, like it could of potentially it be unless it was like. And could it say like, plus one? You lose the game. And that was the only loyalty ability on it, still be busted. Possibly. Because you could give it to your opponent. But then they have, they have to activate it. So, anyways. <laughs> you you activate it, then you play a new spell that's going to be revealed in the set that is basically like um, give copy a trigger, but give it to your opponent. Bizarre trigger something like that. For, for effects yep. and abilities. Yeah. That'd be Cathartic, that would be really weird, actually. Yeah. Just like, because then people would like abuse that with what's the giant black commander? That whenever if it ATBs and it wasn't cast, you, you lose the game. Fade the untouchable. Yeah, it's like do that with like the or something. I don't know. Or just the, like, like you're the losing pack. the game trigger on the stack. Give it each. Give it, give it to your opponents. Mm-hmm. Or about or what about the pack that like on the last one you just as it triggers you just give it to your opponent. Or or can wait can you respond to like if you cast like slaughter pact or summoners pact or something? Is that is that a triggered ability? Or is that just a, like a state based action? I think it's a triggered ability. So then you, you just like cast a pact and then on like on end step. And then when that thing happens, you untap and copy it. And so well, that used to be that card, a, might, that card might be busted. This hypothetical card that doesn't actually exist. Uh, hive mind. That's what people did with hive mind. Actually. I don't know if you know that card or not. Yeah. But that, that is that triggered ability. So I thought it was just, so what it did was it copied the spell. And so your opponents had mm-hmm. to cast a spell yep. and then they, they cast it a pack. So, and they couldn't cast it cause it was their, not in their color. All right. All right. Sidebar here. If that card, if this card, it says like copy target triggered or activated ability, uh, give control of it to, to your opponent, opponent or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, what colors would it be, mm-hmm. and how much would it cost? Uh, I still think it'd be an instant. I still think it'd be red, and I still think it would be like a two or three mana spell. Honestly, I, they would keep it there because the setup on that's just so hard. Like, fine. I mean, in modern, it's not that hard, but in like standard formats and stuff, that'd be pretty mm-hmm. difficult. I think it would be like red, black, blue, just like the full Grixis cost for it. Because like I feel like you're right. Because like the red, like chaosy kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like blue is typically like a copy thing, and then a black for I don't know. Because it's like like yeah, we know it's the general. It's kind of probably gonna be a black kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So yeah, back to Karn. Yeah. Uh, that's my first prediction, I, and that's one that I'm very confident in. Well, since we're on the easy street, uh, I'll go ahead. My first prediction is we'll see another predator. Ooh. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> This actually ties into my other prediction, so I'll just go ahead and just go ahead and say that I think Frexians will invade, or this will be a big part of the story. I don't know if that's actually confirmed or not, so if it is, oops. But um, All right, so my I thought about that, but then I always remember like, this set going into the Brothers War, so I don't know if they do Frexian stuff in this set with like when the story's going to uh, Urza v. Mishra thing. So I didn't put this in the as a prediction, but I, I have seen some rumors, and one of the things that could be happening is either it's going to be like a time heist thing, like the Avengers, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to go back and like you know bar, you know borrow something or correct it, or the Frexians are going to use time as a way to go back in time to inject. Ooh, I got because like they stole that thing from Kamigawa, right? Yes. Like Jenkins Texas need it. So what if there's a thing they need that's in the past in Dominaria? Right. So like this set leads up to like, all right, they gotta get there and it's got like they're gonna go into the past and then they steal something from Urza and Mishra or whatever. Yeah. I that's that. that'd be pretty cool actually. Yeah, that, I, I like that. I mean, it's and it makes sense because this is like X amount of years after Endgame. And so it makes sense that like they oh, this is a great story that we can use for a set that's you know way older now whatever the, so that and there's uh like mishra and urza are supposed to be like super old and dead by now like in present magic canon right so yeah, it's yeah. like that of course like if they do it the next set it's like set about centered on them fighting it would have to be in the past so that makes a lot of sense actually that's yeah. a good call so anyway, so i've well, in two of them uh but yeah and uh if i had to make a prediction uh i think it's going to be Elspeth is the big baddie, so there's an argument that uh, what's the other one that you just said? Elspeth's the big baddie. I mean, uh, Elishnorn. Elishnorn is the big baddie. I do that all the time. The uh, what's the black one that you just? Shieldred. Shieldred could be like the Scion coming for it, but actually, I, I think if anything, it's going to be Elishnorn. I think Elishnorn will be the one we see here. So that'd be cool. There was that like fake card yeah. that was spoiled around a. Uh, Called high when after after we've seen Vorinclex. Yep, yep. That had to do with like plus one plus one counters or minus one minus one counters whenever like something happened. Like whenever like you gain life, put plus one plus one counter on each creature you control or something. Like, I forget. I wonder if they're like structure because that actually looks really good. And I wonder uh, if they saw. I was gonna say, what if it wasn't a fake, but instead a very very uh, early leak? <laughs> I mean, it had the Caldheim set symbol on it. No, but I'm saying like if someone changed it or something, you know what I mean? Like, or they just like skinned it for that, but really they because a lot of times people like, have like the data for it, you know. A magic employee is like, watch this. I'm gonna make the internet freak out. 
Oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't worry, I'll change the set symbol so they'll all end up believing it's fake. Um, yeah, that's cool. I'm actually going to change the order on my list because I'm going to go with my next uh, one that I feel most confident in. Sure. My next one is new historic matters cards. <laughs> so last time we went to Dominaria, we got the whole historic shtick mm-hmm. with like artifacts and sagas and legends and cards that cared about those and mattered and those mattered. And we haven't seen anything like that since. So I feel like what better time to get more of it than whenever we go back to Dominaria. Well, uh, so I'm like, I follow suit there and I did say in mine, I have historic matters again. So basically the same thing. Boom. Either we both get it right or we both get it wrong. Things would be a hard miss one here because I, from what I've heard, uh, some more rumors that I think we are again, getting a legend per pack. Um, and so that would just make sense as like legendary is a theme again. And historic it was actually a very smart way of combining artifacts and legendary cards uh, without making artifacts, too busted but uh excuse me making it feel much like the set so i think that's a pretty a good mechanic to bring back all right since you went there because we had the same thing i guess i'll give you my next one my next one is painlands reprint oh my god I'm stealing one from you for a couple <laughs> how many sets ago were you predicting painlands i've been predicting them for a long time uh, did you actually put it on your list for this one that was number one because that's a hope here uh-huh. a number one hope all right here. so all right so i guess we'll, we're like sharing a lot here all right so here was my thinking last time we got dominari we got the check lands yep or some of the we got five of the we got half the check lands right uh the other, yes because we had the other one the other half were in like kaladesh or something uh not kaladesh it was uh in Estrad, or in Ixalan. Yes, it was like root brand crag and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I don't think they do those again. I hope because I was trying to think what lands would they introduce in the standard? Because like right now in standard they have the triomes, the slow lands. I haven't played standard in so long. I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, I think have, that's it. They have the the, the, stars. the flip modals, which are some of the best. Oh yeah, pathways. Yep. So I don't think they. I think if they went check lands, I don't know. Would you they, would they do check lands right after triumphs? I really that hope, make the I really hope pretty not. good. I, I I just they've printed those so much, and these allied pain lands need a freaking reprint. And on top of that, I think they are great additions to uh, Pioneer. Maybe maybe too good because now you complete the set, um, and so like running five color is a lot more viable, but. I think it's time for those paylands. They're way too expensive for what they are. They literally have names to the references on Dominaria. Like this is as good as it's going to get here. So I am also on board for all those and, reasons. And plus, they can go five and then five, five here, five the other five in Brothers War. Yeah, or they can just, or they can just leave them out and just give us the ally. Like just giving us the ally wouldn't be that egregious, honestly. But to get them at least to reference, like, because like that's the the hardest thing is they reference a plane. It's not like the other ones where, uh, or I mean, the same thing with Yavamai, right? Which is why they were printed in a corset. But it's not like Rootbound Crag or something where it doesn't. It just references a thing, not a specific plot in the in MTG lore. So. All I know is I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, this is already epic spoiler here, but if we do not get them here, then I'm gonna predict it again in Brothers War. <laughs> so, uh, we're taking this one. It's like freaking uh, the the rumors or uh, speculation of um, 
uh what's the the devil's name in the marvel universe uh mephisto yeah it's mephisto right here this is the, the mephisto of the mtg lore Painlands. will they ever get a reprint <laughs> we shall see well since we mixed another one uh i guess i'll go to my next one yeah because i'll have uh, one more right. now Oh, that's right. You only do that. All right. So my next one is a saga, specifically a saga. So I guess that's technically a thing saying sagas will come back. Okay. A saga, which serves as a preview of the Brothers War. So like a saga, uh, which specifically like alludes to, I guess narratively, because that's that's all. That's kind of the point of sagas is that they have all these narrative um, beats that they allude to. So I think like one that specifically says like. So I guess like in the context of like your whole Praetor thing, it'll be like a saga telling the story part, like how they're like going into the past to the brothers war kind of thing. So like, for example, I guess. So I feel like they're like a saga, which like basically the story beat it like talks about is the kind of segue to the brothers war narratively speaking. Yeah, I should remember. I thought there was a, a saga that referenced that, but as I'm looking, I don't see one. So I mean, like it'd be like specifically for this set as the card that like segues to the next set. I mean, I think that's I think that's a pretty smart guess there, actually. Especially since if they do go on the whole theme of like the the time heist thing or whatever, it would just make total sense that like a saga would reference that essentially. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I like that one. Boom. All right. What's your last one? Uh, my last one. Uh, we will get, uh, or Oaths will be back. Uh, so along with the Frexian invasion, I can see them uh, adding another Planeswalker Oath at least. Uh, you know, maybe Elspeth is the Oath or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I feel like we're getting close. We're not at the end yet of this uh, climactic battle, but we're, we're, we're reaching it. And so we'll see another Oath. Um, you know, with uh, we got Kaya's oath was the last oath we got in War of the Spark, so I don't see why they wouldn't bring this one back. Um, as for what it will do, I've got one for you. No idea. <laughs> Wasn't at the end of War of Spark, Vraska was on the run, and Jace and someone else were like chasing her. Sounds about right. What if they like get her? They like they like trace her to Dominaria. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It was Jace and someone else definitely not gideon <laughs> uh but the, so like they get there and like they see like the whole praetor things going on mm-hmm. which, which i guess would be like sidebar or i guess jace could be a planeswalker in the set um they get vraska to like it's like all right we can't be chasing you anymore we have this new threat we have to deal with so then they get vraska to join the gate watch so then it's like oath of vraska you know, it's a little, it's a little out there, but I, I, you know, that's not, that's not the worst I've heard. <laughs> I feel like you just, you really want to tell me like, shut up, Micah. No, I, I, let's put it this way. I give you a lot of credit because uh, I used to have a very uh, inventful mind and now I, you know, I'm not very creative anymore. So what's your last one, man? My last one is a card and this was this is my most throwaway one, if there is one. Okay. A card which references the state of Nicol Bolas and Ugin. I don't know how it would work. I feel like it would have to be a saga, but then I don't feel like they'd actually be a narrative beat, so it probably wouldn't be a saga. And honestly, this is the one I like. I don't expect this to happen at all. 
But I think it'd be pretty cool because we haven't heard diddly squat about uh, Nicol Bolas and Ugin since War of the Spark. Is, is, is Ugin in the spirit realm, prison realm, like watching him? No, I think, he, I think I, as far as oh, I know, I think he's just in prison there. So they are like, I'm, nah, he's in there. I'm sure he's still there. I'm going to come out here and like sleep or whatever the heck spirit dragons do. Spirit dragon planeswalkers. My bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a, just like some sort of card that reference, references Nicol Bolas, I guess then. Because um, he's still just chilling in the planes. Like maybe there's like some, like maybe some like guy who like, who's like a Nicol Bolas devotee is like, oh, I hate all these people for trapping such a nice guy like Nicol Bolas away. Here, I'm going to help the Praetors come this way so they can get whatever they need. Um, but yeah, here, here, I'll change it there because, uh, I misremembered it, so I'm just gonna say a card which references Nickel Bolas. I mean, he was one of the original Dragon Lords from Dominaria, and he was the one that like yep. killed the rest of them, right, or something like that. So yeah, that's you know, I can go with that. I can, I can vibe it. Boom! Elder Dragon reference Nickel Bolas you know, on a card in this set prediction. Boom! Nailed it. Now put it on the wall. Um, yeah, that's my last one though. Nice. Well, I think all right, so more, how do you feel? Yeah, I think these are much more realistic. Uh, some of them are, are kind of gimmies or possibly kind of gimmies, but hey, nothing's ever a gimme, man. I mean, we, I know we've, some of these were like, oh, this sounds pretty good in theory, and then it doesn't pan out. I mean, I'm telling you, the pain lands, man. <laughs> they need to be here. So I felt kind of bad putting that on mine. I was like, Costa, I remember Costa saying this a couple times. I was like, would they do check lands? I don't think so. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll just put paint. That's paint lands is a good cycle, and Coast is pretty smart. He, they they need a reprint, so I'll put it on there. So I was like, dude, that's kind of stealing from you. Expensive now, dude. I mean, they got so they got a small reprint. I think for some of them with the commander uh, decks recently, but even then, they're I think they're too expensive for for. I mean, they're really good. Like paint lands mm-hmm. actually. I think are very underplayed. Um, I can't put them as an EDH record underplayed because they are played well, but I think people second guess them. Yeah, see, there you go. You got the good ones, man. Those are good. My Omnath deck. Yep. Um, I have like three copies of Caves of Coilus, so. though. I know, me too. It's that one and Line of War Wastes or whatever. Or like the uh, two, two of those, yeah. 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 But all righty. Those are our predictions for Dominaria United. Watsy reprint painlands, you cowards. That's the official stance slash tagline. That is our podcast motto from this point until it happens. Welcome to the MG, MTG on tap podcast. Reprint painlands, Watsy. Uh, see those other content creators? They're so mainstream. They've been saying, oh, reprint fetch lands. Yada, yada, yada. We're, we're the hippie, dippy. What's the, what, what's the word I'm thinking of, Costa? Our children. Niche. Uh, I don't know. Um, we're we're the real ones. We're like reprint pain lands, cowards. All right, that'll do it for our main topic this week. Costa, do you have anything else you'd like to share with the people? Yeah, just one quick pick this week. Uh, so as a refresher for last week, as we were looking at the Double Masters release, you know, I advocated for etched foils. I'm still advocating for them. So. Uh, if you you know haven't picked yours up yet, uh, they are filling back up a little bit. It did look like there was some speculation behind it. Uh, of course, since I'm telling you that, then uh, not to say anyone listens to us or anything like that, but uh, I definitely look at trends. And so because I was seeing them getting mopped up um, 
probably tells you there's a little speculation behind it. But regardless, they really still are the hardest cards to get. Um, so keep your eye out on those. But with that being said, uh, I went back a step before, went right back to uh, Commander Legends Battle for Boulder's Gate. And a card that I still need to give Mr. Micah, of course, not in this form, but uh, it's Archivist of Ogma. So that's the one in the white for, what is it, like a 2-2 two, two halfling or 1-2 halfling, something like that, cleric with mm-hmm. a flash. flash. And uh, when your opponent searches for searches a library, you draw a card and gain a life. I still think this is more on the CDH play uh, side of Commander. However, it's still a really good card because people still rampant growth, cultivate, explosive vegetation, fetch, uh, tutor every once in a while, search their, uh, discard a land and search for a wizard. I mean, you name it, they got it. So the you know searching is still very prevalent in EDH games, um, and. You know, this card's a great card, and as a EA, you know, full art foil uh, at 28 bucks, I mean, it's a pretty good in right now. I think there was something like, you know, 70 listings for that, for a near mint copy. Uh, this set is not very liked, and the only thing that I could see bringing more copies is like a company like the gaming company on TCG getting a whole bunch of this stuff like practically for free cracking it and reselling it because they're looking for the dragons um so that'll create some lag but uh, at least as a personal use i would advocate getting this card so archivist of agma going from 28 to 50 uh in a year i'll just put a year plus on that um yeah and that's the quick pick for today and uh as always we encourage you to support your local game store uh i will be there this week um we will not have unfortunately any double masters or battles for boulder's gate i think we're actually going to do a cube draft so if you're interested come on through play some cube it's my innistrad cube so um if you're in bastrop again forceful gaming still building up the community out there i think i told you about it last week and i'll bring it up again that uh, i think next month or in september they're going to be having another convention so if you're interested check them out on their facebook page and you can sign up with them if you need cards and like to shop online and get them delivered check out alpha strike gaming and san marcus great guys over there they got big inventory and uh competitive pricing but uh that's it mr micah take us home Yes, that will do it for this episode of the MTG Untapped Podcast. What did you think about what we talked about this week? Let us know on Twitter, MTG Untapped Pod, or at Facebook, MTG Untapped Podcast. And if you have any ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And also, please subscribe to the podcast, rate, and leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. We would very much appreciate it. But alrighty then, that will do it for this, the 79th edition of MTG Untapped. I have been the Micah. He has been my friend and yours, Costa. We'll talk to you all next week. Tap more lands, or cards, or I was trying to think of a really clever uh, outro. Uh, bye!